with so many podcasts out there, shows can get lost in the shuffle. That's why we implore you to check out Too Many Captains. You can find us at a moviepodcast.com. Five unique takes on Hollywood movies and culture. Find us on Twitter at It's a Film Podcast. Check our intellectual deep dives into theatrical films. Find us on Instagram at Too Many Captains Productions. Unique takes on soundtracks. Find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Too Many Captains Productions. Find us at a moviepodcast.com on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Play. And now, here comes a new episode of Collateral Cinema. It's that time once again on the Director's Cut, ladies and gentlemen. It's movie recommendation time. As Ash and I give you three each of our movie recommendations. So stick around. The show starts right, right now. now. Welcome to Collateral Cinema Director's Cut. I'm Bo Maddox. And I'm Ashley Chancellor. And we are podcasting straight from somewhere in South Texas. And yes, we are a 420-friendly podcast. So whatever you have, smoke it if you've got it. We're just going to kind of give you a little bit of a chill episode this time around. We decided eh, we don't really have much planned in the middle of... Uh, our episode cycle and everything, you know, I mean, we just did Clueless not too long ago, and we're about to do Silent Hill here by the end of the month, so screw it. Let's give some movie recommendations, right? It's been a while since we've done this, and I think parts one and two were just you and Robert, so uh, I'm actually joining on this time, uh, and you and I are, are going get, to get into it. I, I'm actually excited because I've been doing, for instance, the video game recommendations on Collateral Gaming bonus round as well. And I know that's been a lot of fun, and I've just been kind of thinking about that experience from uh, the perspective of the world of cinema, just kind of getting a chance to talk about some movies that we don't necessarily have planned in our schedule, but deserve a mention. Absolutely. And, I mean, usually we kind of have a theme with uh, our seasons. So here in the recommendations episodes, not so much. Like it's it's really just kind of stuff that we've been watching recently, you know, that we kind of want to just bring to the forefront and kind of just want to tell you, hey, these are some fun movies. Check them out. Yeah, exactly. So I guess we'll go ahead and just get straight into it. Ash, you can go ahead and start it off. Like this isn't in any type of actual ranking order or anything. These no. are just. These are just recommendations. You can check them out if you want. We'll we'll uh, list uh, information on each and every one of them in uh, in the show notes and everything. So, yeah, Ash, what's your first recommendation? So I'm gonna go with Kung Fu Hustle. Oh, nice. yeah, and I just watched this again last night. In fact, uh, because I knew I wanted to talk about it. And, uh, yeah, yeah, the first time I watched this movie was a few years ago. It was over in, in Pennsylvania. 
uh, my uncle Brian actually showed us this movie, me and my, and my siblings. Uh, I say a few years ago, but I, I was practically a kid back then. This was a while back. <laughs> I see. Yeah, and, and, and we watched this, and, and I was just so blown away by it. I guess I hadn't really seen anything this silly done sillily done on live action but it's very much just like if an anime were in live action but it's chinese yeah i mean my main memory of this movie was the first time that i watched it it was over at my uh my buddy his i think his name was bryson's house and and he he had this uh, movie it just came out on dvd and this was in about the mid 2000s and everything and yeah, we just uh, dr we drank a bunch of beer and we sat down and we watched this movie. Now, I'm going to admit I haven't seen it in a while. I have, I mean, every now and again I see it at like DVD exchange or whatever, and I'm just like, huh, well, maybe I might grab that sometime. But it's honestly a work of art, man. It, it because really, it is. I, yeah, I, I, I love how you have these just like these goofy cartoon sounds juxtaposed over classical Chinese music. And, and you know what's funny is I think this actually won several awards. Like, like people just unanimously agree that this is fucking awesome, which is awesome. I, my mom was actually my mom walked in halfway through this this movie, and, and, and she was just bewildered as to what I was watching. <laughs> exactly. No, without the context, and I told her no. Like this is this is cinema right here, like. And I, I love how, like, the plot even doesn't really... The plot changes so many times. It's like there, there, there's major revisions in who's actually the protagonist and who's the antagonist at points. It's honest, sometimes hard to follow. It's, it's kind of interesting. You, you can say that there's maybe a little bit of a modern equivalent to that in the recent uh, Everything, Everywhere, All at Once movie, maybe? That's a what I've heard. Heard, I've heard, know. yeah, I've heard that it's kind of ha kind of has a little bit of that vibe, you know. It has that humorous uh, undercurrent to it. I mean, I remember my favorite uh, my favorite scene in that movie is when the uh, there's those three old men and they uh, fight the uh, dudes with the uh, Asian uh, I forget the, what they call those instruments. I forget that, what they that call one them. dude has the fucking bangles. Yeah, he has the bangles. There's one and, dude with bangles, and he's the tailor, I believe. Yeah, and then there's the dude who who uses the spear. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, yeah, and um, and then 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 there's the coolie. Yeah, man, it's like th that was really really awesome. Like I, th that's actually one of my favorite scenes from that movie. Like, like straight up. Yeah, and what's funny is they all get dispatched too. <laughs> yeah, I know. I mean, they they're all built up to be these badass elder warriors and and whatnot. But I mean, yeah, they 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 end up losing. I guess that's kind of a spoiler, but I don't know. You uh, can watch this whole movie. Is, how, how old is this fucking movie? I mean, there's certain certain movies where we just shouldn't worry about spoilers. Two thousand four. You know? Well, I'm just saying as a film recommendation, I guess. Oh, know. I mean, well, I mean, in in my recommendation, I'll just tell you the chosen one wins. So, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's all I'll say. No, my recommendation is kind of, I, I guess we could piggyback off of Kung Fu Hustle here. Yep. And that is Kung Pao Enter the Fist. I saw this movie in the theaters. Uh, I, I don't think when it came out, I think it was at the Dollar Theater. But, man, what an experience this movie was. It's, 
I, I think it's kind of a little bit of a of an over, overlooked movie when it comes to like parody movies. Yeah, I mean, it's that movie you used to see like. In, in like the great value DVDs or something, right? Y- yeah, yeah. <laughs> usually in the five dollar bin or whatever, right? Yeah, that that that's what's funny about it. And so like I'd always I've I'd always seen the cover, but I never watched it. But after I've watched it with you, I think that's why I ended up picking Kung Fu Hustle on my list. Yeah, is that kind of inspired it? Because because you're right. I mean, it, it, there's uh, it's just as goofy. I love how the movie is actually is is comprised of this archival footage from. Another fucking Asian movie. Uh, was it? Was it a Chinese movie? I believe it was. Yes. I mean, it it, it was kind of like one of those uh, Shaw Brothers style uh, movies, more or less. I don't think it was a Shaw Brothers movie, but um, yeah, that that's exactly what uh, they did here. They superimposed uh, the main actor onto the uh, main character of this one movie, and they just uh, re. They, they just redid uh, all the dialogue. They, they 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 redid all the dialogue, and then even the scenes with fucking Steve o- Odekirk, they actually intentionally make it look like it's bad overdubbing over... Yeah. It, what, what just hap- to make, maintain the consistency. What happened is when, when they were uh, recording those uh, particular scenes, like he, he was literally just completely uh, going off of a gibberish script. I mean, he was talking... Serious, just gibberish. Okay, so the original film is Tiger and Crane Fists, which is a Hong Kong film. Yeah, Hong Kong. So to, to be specific, not a Chinese film, a Hong Kong film. But, uh, yeah, if there's any, like, Chinese bastards listening, Hong Kong is not part of China. No, it's not. <laughs> Absolutely, it, it is not. Any, 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 yeah. Anyway, any fascist bastards listening. <laughs> oh, yeah. Alrighty. But yeah, no, I actually I love how they use that fucking that that fucking gimmick throughout the movie. I thought that was really fun. And it's such a dumb quotable movie. So many weird weird idiosyncrasies to it. Like for instance, the characters of uh, Betty and uh and his girlfriend, I forget her name in the movie. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, it's like I mean everybody still to this day does the wee wee wee. It's like that that's like that's like just central to her character and everything. It's uh, Ling, what's Ling, her name? Ling. That's what's her name, Ling. And she's insane. They 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 make her into this just wild woman <laughs> who's just like throwing herself at the chosen one. But no, I don't want. I don't want to be seen as too easy. <laughs> and it's so obviously just uh, Steve Odekirk just uh, just doing his best female voice. It's so ridiculous. And then of course there's the character, and then of course there's the character Betty, who is as first Master Pain, but then he's just like from this day forward, you will call me Betty. To be fair, from that point, everybody calls him Betty. It's they do. They're re- progressive for uh, yeah. They they actually respect him. They they don't dead name him. Dead name him. Two thousand two. Yeah. <laughs> In two thousand two, they they actually had the concept of not dead naming somebody who transitions to a different. Uh, Name, name, you know, yeah. What's funny is, yeah, he's not like, trans. He's just, he's just. It's a new name. It's just new name for him. Yeah. In fact, he gets angry whenever people suggest it's a female name. Like, no, it is not. <laughs> and then you know, like, I love how the protagonist is just named the chosen one. Like, he doesn't have a uh, Steve Odekirk is, is doesn't have any other doesn't have a name. He's just 
the chosen one. He's the chosen one. Like, and there's that one, there's that one scene where they're aping the Lion King, and the Mufasa character is just all like, calls him <laughs> Chosimba. <laughs> there, there's so many great scenes in this movie. Like, just the opening itself is hilarious. Yeah, yeah, where he's just a baby, he's kicking their ass, and then, and then, like, the baby's rolling down the hill. The girl's like, girl oh, oh, so cute, so, so cute, and then, and then just, just like, drops. Bye bye. <laughs> God. And what the fuck was going on with Tungy? Oh, see, there's a little thing about that. Steve Odekirk, I believe, is the guy that made the, uh, you know those movies where they had, like, the face on the thumbs? It was, like, Franken-thumb or, like, like, they had Star Wars thumb, like, mm. Thumb Wars or something, and it was, like, a Star Wars parody, and it was all thumbs. Okay. He was the one who did that, and, you know, he, he kind of transferred the concept, like, like the little face on Tungy is pretty much the same face that you would find on the uh, Thumb Wars characters. So, like, nice. it, it, it was kind of like a little visual cue to his previous uh, series. Okay, interesting. Yeah. Except, I mean, I, I guess, uh, I guess they just maybe had some type of uh, issues with like maybe the license for the thumb properties and everything. So they just transferred it to the tongue. Maybe. I mean, I'm, I'm speculating, of course, but. Right. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, there's so much good stuff, and of course, there's the uh, main, the uh, main, uh, the master, mm. Master Ping. Oh, he is, <laughs> he is amazing. Oh, oh yeah, <laughs> Master Ping. I mean, he starts rubbing that dude's fucking wound. <laughs> it's like, oh, this is good for both of us. Oh. <laughs> it's like, oh my god, dude, really? Yeah. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Yeah, no, yeah, that was it was hilarious as fuck. It really was. And and just the way that the fighting scenes were kind of choreographed with uh Odekirk and and whatnot. Yeah. You know, it's like I mean, he's just doing all this really over exaggerated kind of, you know, pseudo kung fu. Mm-hmm. And it gets ridiculous. Man, the, the fight with the cow. Oh my god. The cow, yes. <laughs> A man, the fucking fight with the cow. And then there's the girl with one boob. Oh, oh yeah. Uh, what, what was oh it? man, is she? No, she is whoa. amazing. Whoa, whoa, whoa. It's just whoa. <laughs> she's actually one of the only uh, actors that's not from the 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 original film that they're that they're using archival footage from. Yeah, yeah, seriously, the only other one except except for maybe some of the uh, other fighters in certain scenes, you know. Yeah. Like 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 for instance the the uh, three guys that uh, wail on him with the fucking bow staffs. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. It's like uh, should we bite on him and maybe he'll throw us off? <laughs> it's like they're trying to figure that shit out. It, yeah, and so o- Odekirk actually redubbed all of the original voices. She's the exception. That's what it is. She's the exception. She's the only the only uh, uh, a character who was voiced by her actress. And and so like, and what's funny is is um, both she and Odekirk spoke nonsensical lines. And no, they, exactly, so that, that they could redub over it. Yeah, exactly. No, that that's what I said earlier. They they were speaking gibberish lines to you know kind of get that overdub. Right. Effect. Yeah, it's like it, that's what makes it kind of a, it's an innovative movie in its own right. I mean, is it? I mean, has it aged well? No, not at all. No. I mean, the the CGI on the cow is terrible, 
But I mean, it was never meant to. It was never meant to be good in that sense. It was meant to be funny. Yeah, you know? exactly. And it really actually excels there. So, yeah, I, I highly recommend watching this movie as just a fun, silly movie to, when you're just hanging out with multiple people. For sure. And, and oh, Wimplo. Wimplo. Yeah, they, they, oh, that's right, Wimplo. <laughs> <laughs> they like, taught we, we him wrong him, on purpose. They treated him wrong on purpose, just as a goof. <laughs> <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> But yeah, all right, moving on, Ash, what's your next uh, recommendation? Okay, so the next on my list is going to be Anchorman, The Legend of Ron Burgundy. Woo! Okay. (laughs) Anger, loud noises, loud noises. I love carpet. (laughs) Oh, he's great. I love lamp. Oh, Oh, oh man. I, 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 man, Steve Carell is great there. Look at Steve Carell and Paul Rudd. <laughs> Paul Rudd, yeah. Will Ferrell is Will Ferrell, to be honest. But, yeah, it, it <laughs> this movie made me laugh so many times, and it was mainly Steve Carell. Oh, definitely, man. I mean, it's some of the memes that came from this, you know, like, the, that escalated quickly. Yes, yeah, that, that had became a whole meme. It did, yeah. It, it's... It's like, I, I wish the people used it more, honestly. Because yeah. there, there's a lot of shit that es- that's escalated quickly lately, needless to say. So, yeah, no kidding. And, yeah. And, and, like, by the way, yeah, and what that, what that line is, the scene that that line is in reference to, the uh, the fight scene. Oh, that is so classic. Yeah, Such and so fucking uh, Ben Stiller, <laughs> uh, uh, Owen Wilson's brother, was it Luke Wilson, I think? Yeah, Luke Wilson. Luke Wilson, yeah. Yeah, just just a whole bunch of, of actors making cameos there, and I'll show it up from different Vince news, Va- Vince news stations. Vaughn? Vince Vaughn, of course, yeah. is the rival yeah, throughout uh, the movie. Yeah, but Vince Vaughn is great in, in that his role there. It, it's just so random that they they just show up out of nowhere. It's such a non sequitur. It has nothing to do with anything else. No, no, it's it's so, it's so weird. It just happens. Also, Jack Black makes a cameo later as a biker. <laughs> That's right. And he, he punks the dog off the bridge. <laughs> I was like, oh, Baxter. I remember the first time I watched that, I audibly gasped. Oh, man. And, and this time I did it again, and then I remembered, oh, wait. Because I watched this again last night, I think, too. Um, and I said, oh, wait, no, the dog comes back. That's right. But <laughs> <laughs> and, and what about uh, what about Ron Burgundy's uh, jazz flute solo? Oh man! Classic, classic moment right there. Yes, <laughs> and I love how um, I love how when they bang, they uh, they have this whole just like like this whole sequence. <laughs> oh, that's right. Kind of reminds me of like the the drug sequence in uh, Twenty One Jump Street and Twenty Two Jump Street. Oh man, talk about another two movies I need a recommendation. Oh, Shit. honorable mentions. Honorable, honorable mentions right there. 21 and 22 Jump Street, right? Um, with uh, Channing Tatum and Jonah Hill. Anyway, um, yeah, no, that sequence kind of reminds me of that. I love how they just like, they just kind of do, uh, was it like, like in, in, interpretive skit of, you know, of it, I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's good stuff, honestly. Yeah, but by the way, the fight scene, the fight scene, I, I see part of me almost wanted to do Anchorman 2 just because they, they up it. They managed to up the stakes in the second I, I don't particularly think Anchorman 2 is that great. Yeah, but the fight scene. The fight scene was so pretty pretty over the top, but it wasn't nearly as good as the original. But the film I mean, overall, just yeah, still, the first Steve, one's Steve, better, I think. Just Steve Carell just pulling a grenade out of nowhere. 
Yeah, yeah. Perfect. And they're like, and then they, they lampshaded later on. Yeah. <laughs> Br- Brick, did you have a grenade? Or Brick, didn't you kill a guy? <laughs> yeah. Did, I had a grenade. <laughs> it's like. <laughs> he pales a dude through with a pitchfork, too. Oh, my God. Yeah. I love it. Just out of nowhere. I love that they just pull they just pull all their weapons out of hammer space. It, it's it's primo. Also, the fact that uh, uh, what's her face, uh, Christina Applegate, is just fucking head over heels with uh, Will Ferrell, d- despite the 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 way that he approached her and everything. She's just like she's into him. <laughs> well, of course. I mean, in a movie like this, that's just kind of required, right? That's just kind of how it goes because there's no other fucking way that that that. A, the character as he's portrayed, not to say anything about Will Ferrell specifically. I'm sure he's a wonderful person and he, I think he's attractive in a goofy old man kind of way. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, but like, yeah, the character as he's portrayed, there's no way that a girl like her would find him attractive other than the, like, that's just her kink or something. Yeah, definitely. I agree. <laughs> he's also an asshole to her. Oh, totally. Like all, all the way through. Like, I mean, but I mean, yeah, maybe in some ways that kind of makes him a little endearing. Yeah, you know. Yeah. I mean, not not that that's a good thing. Yeah, in a sense, I mean, he's, he's kind of endearing, and just like the whole like the boys. Yeah. Their whole dynamic, it's it's cute. Uh, you know, again, Paul Rudd is a lot of fun. He, he's wearing the fucking the Sex Panther. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my god. He's the ladies' man. Which is funny because, like, you know, there's a scene where he's got, like, his arm wrapped around two ladies. So he is the ladies' man. <laughs> he absolutely is. <laughs> but, yeah, what's your uh, what's your second pick, Bo? Well, uh, before that, I also want to... we got to p- bring up David Koechner, okay. of course. He, like, he's the uh, sportscaster, right? He's, yeah. Yeah, he's the sportscaster. He's, he's, he is absolutely really, really funny in Anchorman as well. But my next uh, recommendation. Oh no! Yeah, champ. My next recommendation is pretty much any Andy Sedaris movie. Yeah. (laughs) Any Andy Sedaris movie. I mean, seriously, Andy Sedaris. Andy Sedaris. He was this director back in the late '80s and early '90s that just made basically these movies that were kind of this intersection between like softcore erotic movies and cheesy 80s action exploitation and his movies are so wonderfully cheesy like i mean if if you're into just seeing a lot of nudity there's lots of that in these movies and it's that specific kind of like skinamax you know softcore you know where they just literally just kind of make out they get they get partially naked and make out. That's pretty much what it is. That, that's all it is. That, that's right? all it is. It, but that's that particular flavor of softcore eroticism from that particular era. But it's just put into these admittedly kind of well done action movies. That I mean, they they, they almost always involve some type of MacGuffin. You know, there's like some kind of badass uh, villain that they uh, fight against. What's the one that you've got at your house? Girls, guns, and g-strings. Girls, guns, and g-strings. There's twelve of them. <laughs> and our 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 example of it is going to be Hard Ticket to Hawaii, which is, I mean, it's it's literally just got you know, 
literally just beautiful people blowing shit up. It's got there's always some type of ours of RC like boat or car or or helicopter, and it's it's made to be like this advanced technology, you know, like like this advanced like counterintelligence. And there's there's like this weird clandestine group, I guess. They, I, I guess there's some type of law enforcement agency. But they operate inexplicably out of a fucking radio station in Hawaii. Right. It's and it's like, where is it's like what is this organization? And it's like, why are they required to always be in bikinis and naked and shit? <laughs> it's like a requirement for these people. I, I I don't know. Oh well, you know, it's a fantasy JRPG logic. Pretty, pretty much. Or just fantasy RPG logic in general. It's like, what if this was just all chapters of an rpg <laughs> it's like i can believe that and it also has julie strain the 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 cult uh, goddess herself may she rest in peace you know it's like julie strain was a mainstay in movies like this you know like just really kind of trashy b movies she was a she was a regular on uh, like full moon features like like die delta die is actually a really really fun movie that she is uh she plays the headmistress of the sorority there and it's like, I mean, she's in a lot of these movies and, you know, she brings her particular uh, style of uh, of acting and whatnot. I don't know. She's no Bo Derek, bro. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> you realize that we're going to have to do Ghost Can't Do It again, right? <laughs> you, you realize this, right? Okay, but you realize that's not a film recommendation, right? No, it's not a film recommendation, <laughs> but that's going to happen here soon. That is going to happen, right? Because, I mean, I believe our live stream of it might be lost media, so I don't know. Maybe we should just do a commentary on it. Oh, God. I dread that. <laughs> I dread that so much. But anyway, yeah, Andy Sedaris movies. I mean, there, there, there's always, like, so many guns, man. Like, I mean, if you're a, if you're a gun person in any way, that's like... You're you're gonna have a blast, kind of looking at all the dumb shit that they do with these guns. Like, yeah, like, yeah, I know you did. Oh man, there's this one guy that he he has the, one of those like Clint Eastwood guns, a straight up like like 44 Magnum big ass fucking revolver. And I swear to God, he can't fucking shoot this thing worth a damn. But then he gives it to his uh, female companion, and she just like expertly shoots it like with no. With, like, like it's nothing and it's like I, I think that 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 shows up in a few movies like you actually see some of these guns kind of being recycled throughout all these 12 movies i wouldn't doubt it yeah and it has all kinds of different locales you know like there's a movie that take actually takes place in san antonio texas there's 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 a movie that some of the movies that take place in arizona most of them like hard to to hawaii are in hawaii mainly at least it's actually filmed on location. That's cool. It's all filmed on location, like like one hundred percent. That's the way to do it. That's the only way to do it. Seriously, Dan, seriously. Sedaris was a visionary, right? a, a true visionary. I don't one, know. Is he still is he still alive? Or I am not sure. No, he died in two thousand seven. Okay. Oh goddamn it! We we won't get any more of his of his great trashy. Sexploitation, action, exploitation <laughs> movies. No, his last movie was '98. So, well, yeah, he, yeah, he kind of faltered off there a little bit. But may he rest in peace, and you know, bless him for these movies. These movies are just pure enjoyment for me. Yeah, 
yeah, yeah. I so agree. much, it's so much just dumb, stupid fun. It's excellent background noise too, honestly. <laughs> like it, you just want to have something on when you're high and or drunk. It's perfect background noise, and the fact of the matter is, is that you can pretty much watch all these movies in succession, and it just seamlessly flows because they're all the same fucking movie, right? Essentially. It's like, I, I swear to you, it's like we were just sitting there kind of doing our own thing, and then we'd just be like, oh, boobs. Boobs. It's like, yeah, there, there's <laughs> boobs. There, there's boobs there Don't now. care, saw titties. Oh, man, and they got those nice, those nice late 80s, early 90s boobs. A lot of them very fake. Lots of silicone here, but very nice-looking silicone. But, but there's the shape that you just don't see in tits anymore. <laughs> it's exotic. I guess you can say that. Yeah, I'm into it. It's like boobs were different in the 80s and the 70s. They were different. They were. I mean, uh, yeah, call me the kid in brain scan. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, what's your next movie recommendation, Nash? Uh, okay, so I'm going to go with the 2002 Count of Monte Cristo. It has been a while since I've watched it. Um, but... Uh, I, I remember what was, what was crazy about this movie is that I'd seen it years ago and I, I thought it was all cool. And then I saw it years again later, my English teacher in high school, I think I was in, you know, uh, 10th or 11th grade. She, uh, I, I think 10th grade. Yeah. Um, Mrs. Fessel. She was, she was fucking awesome. Anyway, we watched this movie and what was funny was everybody in the class, you know, this is AP English, mind you, everybody in the class was enthralled by it. They fucking loved it. We couldn't wait to watch Like Every day we'd get into, like, we'd get into, you know, whatever period of the day it was, like fifth period or whatever the fuck it was. And, and we were just ready to watch Count of Monte Cristo. Everybody wanted to see what would happen next because it's such an awesome fucking story of revenge and and like adventure it's fucking awesome like this dude gets everything taken from him right this his best friend betrays him you know leaves him for dead he he, he leaves him to rot in, in prison right and then he meets fucking uh, richard harris so albus dumbledore from uh chamber of secrets and uh philosopher's stone right fuck yeah man <laughs> uh yeah the original dumbledore right richard harris shows him how to fucking fight how to how to how to, you know, and he escapes. He finds these pirates. He sails with them for a while. And then he comes back, reinvents himself, grows a goatee. Nobody recognizes him because it's been at, at least 10, 20 years, I think, if I recall. It's been, it was a while. And he, he grew, you know, and then plus the goatee and everything. Apparent, and he, he does. He looks different, mind you. Probably built himself up a little bit, jacked up a little bit, right? From the, the time adventuring and, and, bulking himself in prison anyway uh he comes back and he gets revenge on everybody including the best friend that betrayed him and so slowly makes these elaborate plans like he comes into some money right he, he comes into a fortune that's why he's the count of monte cristo monte cristo is just the island where he found the treasure right so he, he calls himself that and he's this enigmatic figure that slowly builds his way up and then right before he kills everybody like on his shit list he reveals his identity and so it's that oh moment and then it comes to the head at the very end where he duels the best friend and I'll, I'll let you i'll let you guys watch it to find out what happens like does he kill the best friend or is there a lesson here about revenge to be learned you know you gotta finish the movie and watch it but it, it is fucking amazing i know exactly why you were enthralled all enthralled by it is because all of that 
I know that it's based off a literary classic, but let's face it, if that came out today, it would probably be a manga, and that just sounds like the plot to, like, a really crazy isekai fucking <laughs> anime. That's what that sounds like to me. I think there is a Count of Monte Cristo anime, is yes, there? Gonkutsuo. Yes, and it's actually considered one of the better animes of uh, the 2000s. What's funny is I haven't read the book. Like, we didn't do the book in AP English. We just, we watched the movie. We also watched the Beowulf movie, which my English teacher would tell you was a popcorn movie. But, you know, it's nowhere accurate to the book, which I have read. Um, But, no, this was actually genuinely, like, a well-directed, well-written movie. I've heard some people say that it's actually better than the book. Uh, I, I can I see that. It's the rare exception of that, but I haven't read the book, so I can't say. Yeah. Yeah, not, I haven't really read it either. So, you know, it's got yeah. Jim Caviezel, so. Jim Caviezel, Jesus himself. Jesus Christ himself, bro. Jesus Christ himself. <laughs> oh, man, when are we, we going to do The Passion of the Christ? We have to. I want, I want to talk about how, you know, the, like, I mean, it, it's a Mel Gibson movie. and Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I feel like he had his reasons. I felt like he had his reasons for making the movie the way he did. Also, you know who else is in this? Okay, Guy Pierce is the is the villain, the best friend, right? Yeah. Uh, Luis Guzman. So, fucking uh, 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 Gomez, Mr. Adams. Gomez Adams. Gomez himself. Adams himself. Yep. Okay, I mentioned Richard Harris already. Henry Cavill is in this. Nice. Hell yeah. As uh, Albert Mondego. Is he related to Fernand? It's been a while since I've seen the movie. No, no, now I gotta look and see. I guess he's uh, that he's the son. That's right. He's the son. Yeah, yeah. He's the son. Okay, so that's really interesting. So, okay, I'm not gonna reveal anything more about that too, because there there's a really cool plot twist with that one as well. But there's a son, right? He's he's the best friend's son, uh, who and, and the best friend took his girl, right? Right. And he, and he married his girl. So not only did he did he fucking did he like leave him for to rot in prison, but he took his girl and he married her and had a kid with her. Damn, that's some cuckoldry. See, yeah. See, I'm telling you. See, I'm telling you, this is total weeb shit. This would totally be weeb shit if it came out. <laughs> so Henry Cavill, but you know he's not. You know he's not a kid. Let's see. This was in 2002, and. Henry Cavill was born in 83. Wow, Henry Cavill? Really? I'm yeah. a year older than Henry Cavill? That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. What? Damn. What the fuck? <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. God damn, what am I doing with my fucking life? <laughs> God damn it. When I find when, when, that, that's what I say to myself when I find out shit like that. Jesus Christ. Yeah, that's some shit right there. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's another thing. Uh, like, like, you know, Brad Jones, the cinema snob, he's literally just a year older than me. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so th- that would have made Cavill 19 at the time, I guess. 19 years old at the time of this movie. Yeah. Wow. No kidding. Yeah. So I, I yeah, he's 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 a teenager, young adult. Like I guess he's I guess he's a young adult in the film. Um again, it's been a little while, but I just remembered, yeah, just being so enthralled by it. I didn't realize that was Henry Cavill, though. That's fucking cool as hell, actually. That really is. <laughs> I'm gonna recommend this to myself. I'm probably gonna watch this like right after. <laughs> yeah, no, no kid no kidding. 
But anyway, my final recommendation, I guess we're getting into the final ones, right? Yeah, that was my that was my last one. That was your last one? Okay, yeah, this is my final recommendation. It's kind of another movie that I feel is really, really overlooked by its respective uh, community. Of course, that's the <laughs> horror community. I mentioned it earlier. You mentioned it earlier. It could have been a perfect segue if it wasn't my turn. <laughs> honestly, honestly, it would have. <laughs> yeah, thank you, Ash. <laughs> but, yeah, it's uh, Brain Scan, a movie that... It is quite, quite surprising in many ways, you know, like, yeah, I mean, when I first saw it, I, I saw it on video tape a long time ago. And it's like, it's, it's one of the first of, of the, it's one of the first real like gaming influenced horror movies that came out. Yeah. Cause it, it is about a uh, seemingly, it's a seemingly supernatural computer game. Like, like, in, in the, the, by the way, Eddie Furlong in this movie is totally PC master race, like 100% here. Oh, yeah, dude. That dude's got a sweet setup. He's got a crazy 90s setup. I mean, I love the set for set design in his room, man. It's like, that's such a room that I wanted when I was a kid, but my mom would never let me have that. <laughs> master. Master. Like, he had Igor. He's like, master. Yeah. You, uh, was that a thing at the time where, like, you put a game disc in and then you had to, like, phone the game? I really don't remember. I don't think so. I know there were these like satellite games back in the day. Yeah, yeah, like, uh, like the BS Se stuff. The BS stuff, and also Sega had a satellite uh, gaming channel for a while. Um, BS Zelda, BS Fire Emblem. Yeah, yeah. I I don't really remember if that was a thing. Yeah, I, I was sure what was going on with that. Hell, e even even the particular me type of physical media that he was using. I mean, I guess it was. Uh, it was CD-ROM, but it was like an, he had a very interesting uh, drive to it. You know, I, I guess it had a case. You had to put the case in it and then insert it into the computer drive or something like that. Something that I'd never seen before. You know, and, and I remember a lot of the 90s computers yeah. from back in the day. But, yeah, he plays this fucking crazy-ass game called Brain Scan, which is just... It's, it's one of those uh, games that kind of was a commentary. They, they were making a commentary on the attitude era of gaming you know yeah when gaming had tood you know it was also starting to get really like more adult and bloody like it started to kind of you know appear at least in this uh in this movie's uh view it's at least you know like it's kind of sadistic or whatever which yeah right because you play the he plays the role of a serial killer right like yeah like that's the game that after any they scan his brain and then and then that's like the first disc is him playing a serial killer and then you know he actually was the serial killer and he really did it but like i was i i was kind of disconnected before then i was like wait i wouldn't want to just play a game that was that realistic where i felt like i really was this i mean like like take your pick you know you can play as the serial killer or play or do vr but don't do both oh no i mean seriously <laughs> i mean i'm not even sure what the mechanism is for this game to actually work the way it does i mean i don't really remember if it actually goes into the technology there you know what's funny is they they did a black mirror episode on this exact same concept oh yeah i i believe that right down yeah. to the twist at the end yeah. But, you know, they kind of go full Inception with it and, and, and you know, make you guess. Yeah. I, it wasn't Bandersnatch, was it? No. Not no. Bandersnatch. No. 
no, 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 no. This was a this was a a, a Black Mirror about an act. But well, Binary Central was also about a video game. But no, this one was about a video game. But it was the same thing. It was like, um, it, it it's it's like simulated. He he just like plugs a chip in his brain or something, and he and he and he imagines this thing. But then he wakes up. But then, like that, that's a game too. That's still in the simulation, and they just get shorter and shorter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But in, in this game, Edward Furlong he goes for a little bit of a ride, you know. And and Frank Langella he plays uh, Trickster, the uh, main uh, villain of the. Or, I mean, I guess he's a villain here, and he's he's meant to be like the face of this video game, and he and he he kind of comes in and out of existence. He he can phase in and out. Or yeah. whatever, which I mean, actually, when you really think about it, it makes sense when you uh, come across the ending, which we're not really going to get into here. But I, I like his character, honestly. It's it's kind of kind of almost like a Heath Leather Heath Ledger's Joker before Heath Ledger's jo- uh, Joker a little bit. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, and and I also like That's the look. That's what uh, Jared Leto wishes he was, right? Is yeah, exactly. It's what Jared Leto <laughs> wishes his Joker was. <laughs> yeah, that's right, Leto. You can't even approximate a Frank Langella. Like you, you just can't, dude. You know what's funny it was apparently. All right, so so this is what the director John Flynn said. The main interest for me was the trickster character, a cadaverous Alice Cooper-like entity who materializes from a CD-ROM computer game. Ed, uh, the trickster was the core of the movie and what attracted me to the script. We found the stage this stage actor to play the trickster. And he was extraordinary. Eddie Furlong was a 15-year-old kid who couldn't act. You had to slap him awake every morning. I don't want to get into knocking people, but I was not a big Eddie Furlong fan. <laughs> that that kind of tracks for Furlong at that time. I, I don't. I don't. Frank Langella is the detective, though. T. Ryder oh, Smith is the trickster. T. Ryder Smith. Yeah. God damn it. My my shit's all backwards. Yeah. <laughs> T. Ryder Smith. Frank Langella. Yeah, he was good as uh, the uh, cop character. Yeah. Yeah. Got a good correction there. But yeah, I mean T. Ryder Smith, he he is just fucking creepy. Just just creepy in his look, even. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I actually I, I he's a fun character. And and what's interesting, well, okay, yeah, you're not, not gonna get fully into it, but I, I kind of wish that he would get a little more love from the horror community. I mean, it, he could have uh, had a sequel, honestly. It it kind of kind of hinted at that near the end of the movie a little bit yeah where it's just like oh shit i mean it's like eddie furlong pulled a troll move let's just put it that way right total troll move it's like yeah that's what i would do with this game (laughs) that's exactly what i would do with it (laughs) well if you think about it though it's like they have all this data on him it's like an individual who would make those decisions even under that context i don't know yeah, <laughs> that that raises some questions. It does it? raise some questions, yeah. doesn't it? A few. And, and uh, but yeah, as mentioned earlier, the 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 character who's a who's a misfit from the beginning, but he actually spies on the girl next door. Yeah, but she is... takes pictures of him too. I. It's like how is that how we're going to get around this creepiness? But what's dude, funny really? is we, we called it in the beginning because we're watching this and we're like, no, she's into this too. Like you could tell she knows. No, she she knows what's up. It's 100% I mean, it's like, obvious in like the opening scene. And hey, I mean, if that, that's your thing. It's whatever, man. It's like if, they, if that's how they like to express their love for each other, then go right ahead, kiddos. I guess. 
Oh, she was later the mom in 13 Reasons Why. Oh, awesome. Hell yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, this movie, it has an overall creepy vibe, like especially when you get into the murder scenes. We only see one actual murder here. Like the, the other death that, deaths that occur are a bit more accidental. And uh, another death is kind of seen off screen. We don't, we don't actually see it happen. Yeah. But yeah, that's the one he doesn't remember. Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. The one that he doesn't remember. And I do like uh, the whole uh, thing between uh, T. Ryder Smith and Eddie, Eddie Furlong. Their, their whole chemistry is actually pretty interesting. Yeah. You know, it's like, I mean, yeah, it's got that nice little almost uh, Joker esque or even kind of like the Riddler a little bit. Like he, he feels very much like, he feels very much like a Batman villain, kind of, right? Yeah, like a Batman villain meets Freddy Krueger. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's, it's as if Wes Craven made a Batman villain for, the, for his rogues gallery. Yeah. It's like, it's like if you crossed uh, Heath Ledger with um, uh, 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 Robert England. <laughs> exactly. I mean... Yeah, there is a lot of uh, a lot of Freddy Krueger in this. Like, no, like without a doubt, it's just instead of dreams, we're just using the digital realm to kind of go in between the, these different worlds and whatnot. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but yeah, I think that if if you're a horror fan, you in if this has gone under your radar, what what the fuck's wrong with you? Pick this movie up. This movie is fun. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I mean, it's not really that scary. I mean, I don't know. This kind of seems closer to, like, Monster Squad than it does. Honestly, <laughs> it does feel like a, a 90s Monster Squad type thing. It's just without the kids' squad. You yeah. Know, this time around. Yeah, maybe, maybe a little bit more mature in tone, but... A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, those are our movie recommendations for this particular Director's Cut episode. Ash, I understand that you just released a f episode on the newest Fire Emblem game? That's right. So we did a game launch review with Andrew Orozco from uh, Geek News Now and the DuoSense podcast. Excellent. Yeah, uh, recommended to us by uh, David Gramillion of, uh, of Geek, Geek News Now. So he, he reached out to us. And uh, I gave him our list, referred us to Andrew. Andrew, if you're listening, man, it was a great episode, totally good vibes. So, and uh, list for our listeners, uh, or for anybody that that's interested in the the world of gaming as well, and is listening to Collateral Cinema, yeah, go check out Collateral Gaming. Go check out our latest episode on Fire Emblem Engage. It's a spoiler-free review, being our uh, game launch, which is our analog to Collateral Cinema at the movies. Also, this month, we're supposed to have It Takes Two out. Um, that was supposed to be like our numbered episode this month, a two-part episode. So uh, just, you know, kind of having some struggle getting uh, all of our co-hosts together to, to do it and also getting time to play the game because it, it does, in fact, take two. It's a two-player game. Oh, wow. It cannot I, be played single-player, so I have to God, wait for my buddy Zach to God be available. damn it. Are you kidding me? Yeah, yeah. So I'm waiting <laughs> on, on my buddy and co-host to play the game with and then also trying to coordinate getting us, you know, time we can all record. But hopefully by the end of the month, we can have that out. I'd hate to bleed into February if we don't have to. 
Um, and then uh, we're also going to be doing our side before the end of the month, um, probably around the time that the Silent Hill episode comes out, as mentioned earlier. Uh, on the collateral gaming side, we want to do a uh, look at the Silent Hill games. So Silent Hill 1 and Silent Hill Homecoming mainly, kind of the duality of Silent Hill, good and bad. Yeah, exactly. And and we're going to check out the uh, Silent Hill uh, movie that was released in the 2000s with Vern from Cinema Recall on Collateral Cinema. Right. That, that It was a very interesting movie that actually really held up well. Yeah, yeah, we know. We, but when I, we watched it, yeah, you, you and I, we watched it uh, just the other day. And actually, yeah, I, I was impressed by it. It probably, it's been a while since you'd seen it before, huh? Yeah. So, yeah, definitely look for that. That's coming up very, very soon. Yeah, and so that's going to actually be a collab episode. And then we're going to have another collab episode next month because next month is our Mickeyversary month. Uh, not only are we doing Audition Redux, but we're also going to be doing uh, uh, the Ace Attorney Tikashi Miyake movie on Collateral Cinema, and, and that as well is going to be a collab on the Collateral Gaming side. We're going to go over the Ace <laughs> Attorney trilogy, and that's our uh, part two-part numbered episode for the month. So Awesome. Hell yeah. Yeah. I don't know. May, and I, I was talking with, with you and Robert, you know, saying, you know, maybe we should do something kind of Valentine's Day themed for the director's cut next month. Yeah. Yeah, I kind of fail to remember what we talked about. <laughs> I don't remember. Uh, I just pitched the idea in the chat, but... Um, yeah, no, we, we should do like, you know, rom-coms or something rom or maybe yeah. something like, maybe. uh, maybe, maybe like where we can find like horror. Oh yeah. That, we, we could always do my bloody Valentine. Yeah. Yeah. We can yeah, always do that. But yeah, that's what's coming up for both of these podcasts. Uh, we should have all of the, uh, links to our, uh, to our socials and to all the different pod catcher apps that we are on in our show notes so you can check all of them out there uh with that i'm bo maddox and i'm ashley chancellor and this was the director's cut and yeah check out all these movies these are all really really cool films fuck yeah fuck day and black lives matter black lives matter and all cops are bastards Cinema is a collateral media podcast. All music and movie clips are owned by the respective creators and are used for educational purposes only. Please don't sue us. We're poor.